This is Matt Peters. This is Lex Lutz. And you're listening to Lex and Matt's Excellent Adventure. Oh, crap. Were we supposed to do that at the same time? No. Okay. <laughs> Start the show. But anyway, cut that from the show. How's, how's your day? My day's going okay. You know. Um, About the same. It's, it's the holidays. We... So we dug into that a little bit last time we talked, and yeah, you know, oh yeah, it's just, it is what it is. Um, this. Oh yeah, it's getting it's getting worse for me. Oh. <laughs> it's just that. Well, I mean, I mean, like the holiday depression and stuff. Oh, I got gotcha. you. That's what I mean. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. Well, you did something really cool, which was you chipped into the uh, the charity the charity drive here in Chicago for Kids Corner. Um. For those wondering, because we we just like teased it last week, uh, Lex chipped in and got the kids some cool Legos and a couple of uh, um, Grogu little plushies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matt's lying. I didn't actually do that, but it's nice of him to be like, yeah, Lex donated my. I actually just bought shoes instead. I don't really <laughs> care about the kids, so I'm not not a big fan of um. What do you call children. them? Children? Yeah. No. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah, like ugh, ugh. the tiny humans. No. no, no not no. I'm not giving them anything. None of so. that. None of okay. That. So yeah, uh, <laughs> that happened, and uh, you know it was. It and was... you guys put a lot. I saw some pictures you guys posted. You guys, as per usual, donated a lot. I mean, so that's. You know, it's, it, it's, it's, it's. Uh, well, you don't have kids yet, so like it's kind of like yeah, you got that. You don't have to deal with that. There's you that. know yet, so you're just like, all right, right, you know? exactly. When I have kids, oh man, everybody else is cut off. Nobody getting nothing. <laughs> you better oh, believe. I didn't mean to imply that. Yeah. I just mean like, <laughs> I I understand why a lot of people can't do that around the holidays. Oh, you don't have to imply. <laughs> it's going down. When I have kids, nobody's getting anything the rest from of me. Kids. That's right. <laughs> I mean, that makes sense. But, yeah, no, like, when you have kids, they're so expensive, and, and you want to give them their own, like, good holidays and stuff, so it's really hard on a lot of people. So I do kind of feel that as, like, a single person or even just, like, a, a couple without children or whatever. Like, that's a cool thing to do, mm-hmm. you know, in the holiday season. So cause it kind of maybe can lift the burden off of some other families. For sure. And you know what? There's still time, even if it's not like a, uh, you know, uh, a charity drive or something like that. Maybe you just know somebody that had a rough year and, you know, their kids are going to Yeah, lots go of people without. had rough years. Exactly. Like, money-wise. So if you, if you see a situation like that, you know, just politely, uh, respectfully see if you can help out. And, uh, you know, just, just, just be a good human. Be a good person. It makes you feel yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah, tread tread lightly on that though. Absolutely. That's so hard to do, man. Yeah. I don't. I wouldn't know how to handle that. And I'm I'm a good communicator and stuff, but like, mm-hmm. man, mm-hmm. like, how do you? Uh, that's really difficult. Well, I know, you know, over the past couple of years, um, you know, we've we've all had some rough times, of course, whether it be just uh, dealing with uh, a little bit of depression or or having a down day, or you know, maybe you got sick, something like that. You know, I, I had a few instances where people were kind enough to send, um, like, digital gift cards for Grubhub and, and uh, yeah. uh, Instacart and that sort of thing. Just knowing that, you know, hey, you may not feel like cooking tonight. Let me let me get you dinner. Something like that. You know, yeah. that's that's always a thoughtful idea, too. And it does take some of the financial burden off of families. So keep that in mind, you know. That's an idea. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. Um, I don't think about I want to talk a little bit about peer pressure. 
Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Like you know, how you peer pressured me into giving money to those damn kids that I don't even care about? <laughs> that's right. Right on the air. I, I don't totally, care about them kids. I held your man. feet to the fire. Like, I didn't oh, have man. them. She's going to look so bad if she doesn't go, I'll help, you know, and stare enough. Yeah. Ah, I yeah. got gotcha. um, Manipulation. Matnipulation. Well, that's kind of what I want to talk about. Not matnipulation. No, that sounds matnipulation. Really, that sounds dirty. We just named the episode. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, a little bit about peer pressure, especially this time of year. Um, you know, a lot of our jobs are pressuring us to work extra hours. Uh, you know, when it's really not your responsibility and we all know about that you know that's just a common thing in the workplace unfortunately uh you know kudos to everybody that does have a a a good job and a career where you know it's understanding it's a family atmosphere that's great but for a lot of people yeah it is rare and it's understandable that a lot of people are going through that type of peer pressure at this time of year where it feels like you know, everybody else has a situation where things are a little bit more important than the one that you're dealing with. Well, I'm here to tell you right now that that is not true. Everybody has a limit. Everybody has a certain amount of spoons. Some people refer to it as that they're able to utilize at a certain time. You need time to recharge. You need time to rest. You need time to enjoy life. So make sure that if somebody tries to take that freedom away from you, that within reason, you stand up for yourself and you make it known that to be the best you can be, you need time to recharge. That's just it. That's the bottom line. Yeah, we have that rule on the podcast, just us personally. If one of us needs the week or whatever, mm-hmm. we take it. And you guys know that. Yeah. And you're cool with it. We appreciate that. But even if you weren't cool with it, we kind of don't care. Because at one time, somebody <laughs> wasn't cool about it, and we skipped the week. They were like, where's my new episode? And we were like, whoa, buddy. First we of were all, like, go fuck yourself. And first Matt of all, was who like, are you? Matt was like, Lex, why are you saying this to a listener? And I was like, because I don't fucking care. <laughs> and you were like, you know what? You need to chill. You really need to chill. And I was like, I'm on drugs. I don't know. <laughs> As a side note, I'd like to welcome everybody who listened to the recent episode of Uncanny Magazine podcast, that classy uh, public access uh <laughs> vibe podcast that i take part in sometimes and you met fuckers with this so this is the vibe here just be be ready this is what we do yeah uh, i'm i'm lowering the class every <laughs> single second <laughs> i feel bad for people that come here expecting you to like you know drop in a few nuggets about dawson's creek every now and then and for me to chime in as well and me to just be like huh there was a they boat? know oh what? There was a guy on a boat. I, and he stood I on can, the boat. Okay, so here's the thing. That's how I know you've never listened to Capeside Chats, okay. which is my podcast, my mm-hmm. other podcast that I do mm-hmm. with Simon from Ravens. If you go subscribe to the Ravens podcast, you will get Capeside Chats um, in your feed. But yeah, that's how I know you've never listened because I'm literally on there being like, don't fuck this guy. Like talking about characters and stuff. So, don't fuck this guy. <laughs> he's a piece of shit. Don't fuck Drew. No. No. Don't no. do it. Mm-mm. Drew's terrible. Mm-mm. They but even I'm spell his about... name wrong on the show. It's terrible. It's D R U E. Wow. That's like awful. die in a fire, dude. Fuck you. I mean, that name alone makes me want to punch him in the face. Oh, he's got such a punchable face. <sighs> Holy shit. But you, you know who else has a punchable talk face? talk about Dawson's Creek. More. Percy. 
has a punchable face too. I love him. I love Joshua Jackson. I think he's a fantastic actor. Did you just say Percy? Oh fuck you, dude. You think Joshua Jackson has a punchable face? Absolutely. He's adorable. He looks like do you hate like... me because I kind of look like him. <laughs> you do not look like Percy. I've got like a rounded, goofy face and big grin. Ain't no way. Ain't no way, player. You don't look like no Percy. No. You gotta you you gotta fucking check yourself right now. You're in bad territory with me. You gotta you gotta take a step back. So back to peer pressure. Do you need a break? Setting talking boundaries. Talking about needing fucking breaks. Setting boundaries. boundaries like Lex is doing right now is also a good example. Of yeah, here's the boundary. Shut the fuck pressure. up. <laughs> but seriously, even this time of year, you may feel pressured into doing family activities. And again, it falls within reason. There are certain members of your family who may uh, give you the full court press when it comes to showing up and being present and that sort of thing. And they hold you to a certain standard that is a, uh, a generational standard that they've had for your family that you don't subscribe to. Well, guess what? That's on them. It's got nothing to do with you. And you deserve better. So... Yeah. Do you? Yeah, it's it's hard to set boundaries with family, but Absolutely. it's very important, especially this time of year. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, yeah. Because I'm telling you, that full court press, it really goes into effect when people are like, oh, well, you know, it's been a couple years now and, uh, you know, the pandemic's been going on and we're not going to be around forever and stuff like that. Nobody <laughs> is. No one's going to be around forever. So if you have something planned, if you have a trip or you just need to just, like I said last week, keep uh, Halloween going for a little while just to make sure that your mental health is up to snuff. You're not doing anybody any favors by by uh, submitting yourself to that attack. So, yeah, do what's I think best that, for you. I think that reprioritizing everything has definitely come into play throughout the pandemic and stuff, too. So, mm-hmm. Hopefully some people have gotten better at that, but, you know, it's difficult, so I understand why, you know, people struggle with it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you on everything. Except I'm that not. one thing, except the Percy thing. You're yeah. Still yeah, except salty for that. about that. Except yeah. For that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, it's funny because, like, I, Guilt tripping stuff usually doesn't work on me, so I'm trying to think of instances <laughs> where, like, I've been told, like, you need to do this thing or whatever. But and, it like, used to. But you made a conscientious decision a couple, a few years back, where you just decided. And this is this is me speaking I, from the I outside started, looking in. I know? just started yelling at people, like honestly. <laughs> I and I don't yell a lot, so typically, okay. like, if. If I reach that point where I'm like, you need to fucking stop, they're like, oh shit. Yeah. 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 There's a there's a fight or flight thing. You know, when you're around people that are used to you being uh basically people who were around when you were a kid. You know, yeah. they, they kind of um you know, typecast you in that role. And Yeah, that is weird. They don't see you as like a full person anymore. Exactly. Like, yeah. Some people do that. Yeah. That's you know, tough. It's so weird, too, because, you know, there, there are people in your life who were adults when you were a baby, sure. But uh, as you get older, that age gap becomes like a smaller and smaller deterrent. Whereas if somebody was 20 yeah. when you were born, 
and you're like 45 and they're 65, well, guess what? You're both two full-ass grown adults at this point. So <laughs> it doesn't really matter anymore, does it? Yeah, that's a weird thought, mm-hmm. but very true. Yeah. So anyway, the moral of the story is go drinking with your weird uncles <laughs> over the holidays. That's right. Because you're closer in age now, guys. Yeah, go for those walks with your older cousins and don't come yeah. back for a while. It'll be fine. I never knew that was a thing until people were making jokes about it, like, yeah. in the past year. I'll tell you what, me neither. I didn't know that either. Like, We were honestly, not invited. We I, were not the walking ones. We went on walks, but we didn't we didn't do anything extracurricular. We didn't I don't want to make it sound weird. We didn't smoke or drink or anything like that. You know, we just went for yeah. walks because we didn't feel like being around our crazy family members. <laughs> Are we just like Are we the nerds? Are we... And like didn't <laughs> Right, like nobody did, was nobody doing that or were we just not cool enough to be doing that? I, you know? Were there I other think, groups uh, that were doing that within family structures? <laughs> I think there were there were yeah. separate walks taking place, and we just weren't invited to those, more than likely. Yeah, that's yeah, got to be it. that's true. <laughs> so, okay. True. Uh, another thing we touched on last week. Did you watch the uh, live in front of a studio audience special? I watched some of it. Okay. Annie? What? Annie. Oh, right? no, not Annie. We're talking about the different strokes and uh, facts of life. Oh, fuck. When did that happen? That happened last night. Oh, I was taking a final exam and finishing my semester, so I didn't watch anything. I thought maybe you would have, like, recorded it and watched it later or something like that. I'm going to go back and watch it now because I fucked up. Well. No, I didn't see it. I really think you'll like this one. It was, um, in my opinion, one of the stronger versions of this series. How many have they done? They've done three so far, I believe. Right? Okay. I think so. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right now. I think this is the third. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. But, I mean, let me tell you something. Ann Dowd of, uh, you know, Aunt Lydia fame was amazing. Really? Yeah. As as Mrs. Garrett. She did an incredible is she, job. Is she a theater person? I don't know much about her, aside from those up. two roles from, uh, you know, Handmaid's Tale, of course, and, and The Leftovers. Like, that's basically it. Yeah, same, same. Like, I don't really know her outside of that. She seems like she would be a, you know, a classic theater actor. Mm-hmm. Well, she's been in a lot of movies. Okay, um, she so has done theater. The first the past, but I don't two, know. the first two they did were All in the Family and the Jeffersons. Right. Then they I did Good Times and another All in the Family. That one was wasn't as good, if I remember correctly. The yeah. first one was was better. And so, where does this one rank? You think then? I think this one's at the top. I mean, the facts of life. Really? Yeah. The the cast they had for the Facts of Life, and I don't want to like spoil any of the surprises for you that they they did on there, um, and I encourage everybody else to go and check it out too because it's 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 worth your time. Um, it's fantastic, really really good choices, some uh, good live TV moments, you know, uh, where people were obviously about to break and how they had to keep it together. Uh, Jennifer Aniston almost broke, which you rarely see. She seems like a, a very 
consummate professional, especially when you consider the fact that she's been doing sitcoms for so long. Like, well, she hasn't done a sitcom in a really long time, though. That's true. Have you and seen Friends the morning been, show? That's not that's not a sitcom. Friends has been off the air almost twenty years. That's true. That's true. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but she's still spending that money, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah, there were some surprising guest stars, but and this is going to be the biggest surprise coming from me. I enjoyed Kevin Hart on there. I thought he was actually really? pretty funny. Yeah. Who was he again? He was Arnold on Different Strokes. Oh, yeah? And he was good? He was good, but it, it, it I think it had more to do with me, the fact that it was just nonstop, just short jokes about him and him yeah, just... Yeah, punched down, literally. It, <laughs> and he's obviously a very... 40 something year old man with big muscles and he's acting like a 10 year old kid oh my god and there was okay i'll tell you I this wonder one, how tall he is this one point where john lithgow and you he's know how tall john lithgow four. is holy shit john lithgow literally picks up kevin hart in the kitchen and takes him into the living room and does not does not break a sweat he just yoink picks him up Oh, takes John Lithgow is a, a big dude anyway. Like tall, like he's tall. He so, is. Yeah. So yeah, you put him next to Kevin Hart. <laughs> Jesus. But he just picked up another man and just took. I mean, I don't know how old John Lithgow is, but you know, he's he's he, well, he, I, chicken. Maybe maybe like I've misinterpreted it, but he's one of those guys that's always looked kind of older. He is. Yeah. So yeah. maybe that kind of has made deceptive like of what his actual age is he might be younger than we think there's a commercial that's been airing recently for the holiday season where a grandfather is uh starting to do strength training again and Mm -hmm. the whole idea of the ad is like he's doing all these curls and and you know presses and stuff like that because he wants to be able to go to christmas and pick up his young granddaughter and uh pick her up as uh, as she puts the star on top of the tree you know and I just imagine oh. John Lithgow doing that same like workout regimen. He's like, his wife's asking him, "What are you doing?" You know, all our grandkids are grown. He's like, "Well, I've got to pick up pick Kevin up Hart." Kevin Hart on I, Tuesday. I've got to pick up this young black man on different strokes yeah. this Tuesday. Don't worry, he gave me permission to do it. <laughs> he gave me permission to do it. He said I could pick him up. Also hilarious was watching. John Lithgow try to deal out life lessons to Kevin Hart and Damon Wayans as if they were children. Yeah, I like that they kind of ran with that idea. That's that sounds weird as hell, it, and it is selling me a bit. It not was weird. Lie. Like there were sometimes the audience didn't know how to react. Like it was funny. It was obviously funny, but they were like, "Is it? Is it cool to laugh at these jokes?" Yeah, in this is kind of creepy. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I mean, I think that's the. What else are you going to do but lean into it yeah. and, and try to make it work? How do you make it work now? Yeah. Yeah. And they did something this time. I don't know um, if they did this in previous iterations, but there were a couple times where they threw in, like, a new joke to make it, you know, kind of like tongue-in-cheek. I want to say they did that. I okay. want to say that they, they tweaked a little bit. But for the most part, it's all there. Like, yeah. it's the same. So definitely go and watch it. Oh, one 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 of my favorite things about these specials is the uh, the ad campaigns, and mm-hmm. uh, Ryan Reynolds' production company Maximum Effort helped to uh, produce these throwback ads 
that looked as if they aired during the original airings of these TV shows in their prime. Oh, that's great. They, they did, did great ads. They did a perfect job. Just a wonderful job. Uh, Alfonso Ribeiro was in most of them for some reason. One of them featured Bob Vila, who I didn't even know was still alive. <laughs> Bob like, Vila's alive? Dude, Bob Vila is alive what? and he's a silver fox. <laughs> How old is that dude now? Man, he's still building He's got to be houses. in his 90s, right? Man, right? But he still looks spry and he's still got that booming voice. So, yeah. They put those online, too, if you just want to watch those uh, on their own. He's only 75. Wow. Okay. That's shocking. Yeah. This old house is standing tall. All right. Yeah. So I I guess that's all I got from that. The only other weird thing was that Boys to Men did the theme song for Different Strokes. Um, Now there are only two of them. So it's like, what happened to the third guy? They had four. Then they had three for a while. Now they're down to two. They're just... But I mean that well, they're becoming men, right? It'll be I assume <laughs> once they become like men, they like, have to leave the group. Become, once they fully become men, then they they can't be in boys to men. That's <laughs> that's what I assume. Soon it'll just the be boys to men. Complete, like you can't go back into the cocoon. You know. That's true. That's a healthy way of looking at that, Lex. I didn't think about it that way. So yeah, they're they're growing up in front yeah. of our very eyes. Yeah. Boy. Sunrise, sunset. To men. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on. Um, Batman, the animated series, that beloved cartoon show. It's coming yes. back, but not how you think it is. According to HollywoodReporter.com, Batman, the animated series, will be getting an audio drama podcast. Now, this is not <laughs> the first audio drama based on Batman. There's a, another one that's going right now. Um what? Yeah, yeah, which is called Batman the Audio Adventures. It's an HBO Max podcast starring Jeffrey Wright as Batman. Um, then, of course, I, I guess... I'm not going to lie. I hate the idea of all of this. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> Wait, which part? The the bringing back the animated series or, or the new Batman Audio Adventures starring Jeffrey Wright as Batman? Just audio adventure, and I'm guessing this is a podcast? Yeah, it's an episodic podcast. Um, a lot like uh, Welcome to Night Vale, that sort of thing. Uh, I know these are becoming more and more popular, but radio dramas, I think, are just such an antiquated yeah. relic. Yeah, who of the is past. this for? I don't know, and that's just fucking animate it or don't do it. Well, that's what I was gonna say. Actually, it's funny because they're they're bringing back a lot of the original voice actors. Uh, going back to the original part of the story, for Batman the Animated Series, they're bringing back, of course, um, oh my god, uh, what's his name? Kevin, Kevin Conroy. Kevin Conroy's Batman. Conroy. Yeah. Uh, the Riddler is coming back. I guess it's the, the original Hamill. voice. Uh, uh, John Glover as the Riddler. Mark Hamill, not, nothing on him yet, because this one doesn't feature the Joker. Oh, okay. Um, but I would be surprised if they kept him away from there. But yeah, a lot of the original cast are coming back. Uh, which I, I forgot Ron Perlman played Clayface on there. So that'll be kind of cool. That's honestly, what's what's scary is they could all physically play those characters, especially in their prime, too. Mm-hmm. That's freaky. Yeah. Uh, in fact, uh, Kevin Conroy did portray yep. Bruce Wayne on uh, one of those Flash crossovers, I remember. I think that was Flashpoint. Yeah, I think you're yeah. right. Um, 
My thing, what I was getting at, though, is I agree with you. It's an audio drama. So why didn't they just take the extra time to record this and then animate it and then put it on HBO Max? It costs money. Like, I understand that. This is, like, very cheap. Like, this is a very cheap way of doing it. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, it'll pay for itself. It will. I have a hard time believing that wouldn't pay for itself. Exactly. So I think they're going to double dip. I think this is a, I think this is yeah. a long con. I think they're going to do the radio drama. That, yeah. That, then they're going to go and animate it. Yep. Yeah. And then like next year it'll be an event. Because <laughs> you asked for it, folks. And uh-huh. it's like, yeah, we fucking asked for it in the first place. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of ingenious if, the, if that's the plan. If that's the plan, just like be upfront about it and say, hey, look. We want to get you this new series. We can't animate it fast enough. You want it now. Yeah. You fucking listen to it. Here. No, I don't think that's the best idea. I think what they should do is we we use this as like proof if it does well, we'll get we'll get an animated series. Okay. You know, like but it has to do well, right? Isn't that how you sell it? Like yeah. the Veronica Mars Kickstarter and they're like yeah, we got to bring it back and do the movie and then fucking ruin the whole show with the last 10 minutes of the reboot. But then on the anyway. other side of that scratched up coin, um, they don't have to sell Batman like ever. Like no. people will show up, you know? You Veronica know how many times Mars. we've seen that fucking string of pearls fall? <laughs> Too many. <laughs> and according to this article, Danny Elfman is coming back to write a new theme for this as well. So. Bongo, bongo. Yeah, yeah. His career. Definitely do you think he took says that? Do you think he says that like like he like like a teenage mutant ninja turtle is like cowabunga? <laughs> what if he's just like randomly like like a blinga? That's his bazinga, right? Yeah. Yeah, I love it. No, I love, um, the, I love the idea of Oingo Boingo or whatever the fuck it was. There's a, a little fucking name for a band. There's a little story there. thread on um, the newer Star Trek uh, Discovery. Mm-hmm. Where each captain basically has to kind of figure out what their go phrase is for when they want the ship to move. Um, you know, like Picard had engage and everything like that. Yeah. Uh, so it took a while, I guess, for uh, one of the one of the characters, Saru, to figure out his slogan. And he just went through so many different ones. <laughs> And so now I'm in, I'm imagining him just going oingo boingo when he wants to Remember the, the scene? Go. It's also that's kind of like remember the scene in Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man where he's like fly. Mhm. Up up and away. Like like doing all of those. Yeah, that's what I would think of. Yeah. That's Oh, that was so awkward. But I, that was the charm of Everything it though. Everything about those movies is awkward and I know you guys love them. Like everyone on the internet fuck is like Tobey Maguire's the best Spider-Man and everything. And I'm like, you know what, guys? A lot of it's nostalgia. I'm just throwing that out there. I agree. Like, it is. I agree. And that's okay. Yeah, that's fine. it's fine. Because <laughs> there are very few movies that stand up to the test of time like that. It's 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 very much comprised yeah. of your memories of your life at that time and the, the newness, the, the freshness of seeing something like that on the big screen for the first time. Yeah. It's, yeah. Totally understandable, but you know, uh, hindsight being twenty twenty, and and trying to introduce it to new audiences, it's like, man, 
this movie is slow as fuck or why yeah yeah and they're like that that happens with fucking kids that watch star wars and stuff too it's like it's fine it's not even limited to sci-fi it's it's any movie like you know you you see dr strange love on so many lists of one of the best movies of all time you know lawrence (laughs) of arabia movies like that where it's just like long navel gazing amazing mm-hmm. showy set pieces uh, i've never finished finished 2001 a space odyssey oh man i finished 2001 a space odyssey when i was working for a video store and you know i had access to all these various movies i'd never seen before i right. was upset when i got to the end of that movie because as much as it's been parodied by the time i saw it as much as you know people were talking about how groundbreaking it was and everything like that it was just the driest piece of gristle right. I had ever seen. Right. And I've never finished it because of that. I don't know if it was like, you know, my, my teenage just hormone adult brain or what that that made me see it in that light. But man, I was angry. I'm like everybody who recommended this movie to me owes me an apology. It's just and I haven't watched it since. Maybe I'd have a better reaction now. I don't know. I doubt it. <laughs> I doubt it. You'd probably be even more bored now. You know what? What what also strikes me as strange? Um, oh, here, there's something I wanted to recommend to you. There's a uh, there's a series on Netflix now uh, that is very reminiscent of, of the conversation we're having right now where um, a narrator, I don't know if it's like a celebrity narrator like they do on uh, Explained or whatever, but mm-hmm. uh, they take a movie and they take... <laughs> Uh, ideally a specific scene of that movie and they kind of like build a narrative around it of why it mattered so much to them around the time that it came out it's called vor which is spelled v-o-i-r vor maybe i don't know vor probably probably going off of noir yeah so, yeah i would yeah. guess vor that's weird yeah but the first episode was about jaws and it set the tone so perfectly for just the the mindset that she would be in at the time that that movie came out, even down to like explaining how, you know, movies didn't come out for home release at this time. Uh, so they weren't so readily available on video. And when you went to the movies, you went to the movies. It was an occasion. It was an event. You had to like make time and get with friends and you may sit outside because it's hot outside and everybody didn't have AC. You know, just that the little details like that. Right. And I, I appreciate that because it really does put you like in that state of mind. And that's kind of cool. It would almost be interesting to watch an episode about a certain movie and then watch that movie and try to recreate that environment. You know? Yeah. That's a lot of work. That is interesting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. that I, I mean, you kind of can't. You can never really go back to it. Right. Right. Um, unless you put a kid in like a little chamber and then like did experiment, like did as an experimental thing. That'd be yeah. weird. <laughs> That'd be weird. But some motherfucker is probably like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> like you look at the, what these scientists did in the, just in, I mean, just even a couple of years ago, like in the fifties and sixties and shit. And you're like, what did you do? Right. That right. kid? <laughs> why did you like take away its bunny or whatever the fuck like why are, what is wrong with you why are you putting marshmallows in front of kids that they can't eat and then leaving the room and telling them not to eat them and then silently judging them that's cruel yeah god there was god ugh. i took one psychology class and i was like enough enough <laughs> they you're must all be stopped. terrible 
so all those cool ones. The reason I bought that that show up not only to recommend it to you because it is fantastic, you should watch it. It's only six <laughs> episodes long, but also because it reminds me of how quiet movies used to be. You know? Yeah. That it's is like, a missing thing that like sitting in that silence. Some some directors can kind of pull that off. Um yeah. but they're they're more art house. They're not you know widely seen, I guess. No, you're right. But even the limitations of the sound design. Like now it seems like there's a um there's a way of orchestrating the sound of a movie, even without the music, even without dialogue, where it's just nonstop noise. Like you can hear the wind rustling, you can hear traffic, whatever. But there were some films, you know, back in the 70s or whatever, where it was like there would be a distinct volume discrepancy from one cut to another. Yeah. And it would almost add to the experience because it's like, man, I can see where he kind of like came back at a different time of day or you know it must have took a lot of this time this is when to they switched scene. the film <laughs> right you know like that that's yeah. that's part of the character of the movie outside of it yeah. just being like oh no there's just strings from start to finish I mean, that's why you have like the film those old school film guys who are like obsessed with that yeah you know um i do think um i think tarantino is one of the the last of those that type um, whether you love him or hate him, yeah, I do think he's one of those guys that can appreciate that. And I mean, and the best example of that being is how, like how long he can stay in a scene and just sit there. That's true. And have two characters talking, and they're not really even mo- they're not moving, they're not do like they're not doing anything. They're having entire conversations and monologues, but he's just sitting there waiting and building tension and it's you know and glorious bastards being one of the best examples of that Mm -hmm. where he just builds and builds and builds and like nothing's really happening but everything's happening it's very weird yeah and you don't realize what all's happening till after so yeah it is a lost art though i'll have to check out that netflix series absolutely yeah um i I think that (laughs) i'm wondering who's gonna take up that um Who's going to champion that type of filmmaking after he's done? You know, I mean, he's been threatening to stop for a while now and we'll see if he makes good on that promise. But I wonder, like, what's going to happen with that type of filmmaking? Is that going to just like fade away? Like, I think about films like, um, you know, Three Billboards. (laughs) Ironically, uh, the movies that star Francis McDormand seem to be kind of like the movies I'm talking about. Right. Just real bare bones, simple, you know, here's a story. It may not have a satisfactory ending, but this is it from start to finish, you know? I mean, I don't think, I don't think that's a, there's a lack of filmmakers that want to do that. I think it's a lack of funding. That's another thing. Mm -hmm. It's not that Tarantino is unique and that he's the only one that wants to do this. He's in a fortunate position where he can, he can do it. A studio will, will fund him. Mm -hmm. Um, There are a lot of people, you know, young filmmakers or whatever right now who might want to do exactly that, who view things that way. um, But they're not able to fully realize that because studios now only want to make 
giant films or films that cost absolutely nothing and are no risk. Yeah. And it's like a lot of these movies are realistically their middle ground movies. You know, we've talked about that in the past where, you know, make it make a 30 million dollar movie make or, or maybe I should say you need to make multiple 30 million dollar movies <laughs> a year. You should be putting out like five of those. Yeah. In addition to your giant blockbuster instead of trying to put out like two of the massive blockbusters like one of those should be just a bunch of smaller middle middle ground movies they'll make their money back most of the time mm-hmm. you know and then yeah. they'll do a little profit they won't put you at the top of the charts as like a ground you know record-breaking movie and you know while they won't give you merchandise that doesn't help yeah but i don't think every indie film should look like a Wes Anderson production. You know, I think that's um, no. a metric that a lot of these guys are held to because while Wes Anderson does make some <laughs> very unique looking films, they're not, it's hard to really consider them indie, even though they're, you know, no, they, they should not. That's what I'm, you should not even be, we should not be talking about indie movies because that's a problem. We've either gotten to blockbuster or indie. Mm-hmm. And there is a whole swath of movies that are not, in either category they are they were studio funded yeah. middle budget movies right they don't make those anymore no <laughs> no it's all it's studio what studios do is they buy up indies that are super cheap and they make giant movies that's i wrong. wonder like how would you classify kevin smith's films so the first one indie. obviously that's indie you know all of them are mega indie you even think? his most expensive was what 10 million maybe dogma well, yeah dogma had to be the most like no maybe jane silent bob the first one mm, let's find out because i know dogma Smith. had <laughs> dogma had the most special effects and ben affleck and matt damon but jane silent bob had a lot of celebrities in their in careers it. and yeah. they loved him it's early true. in their careers and they would like working with him so yeah. mm-hmm um, yep. I know with Mulrats, he got like a million dollars, and that kind of fucked him up. <laughs> right. He didn't know what to do with all that cash. So he... <laughs> he didn't know what to do with the money. So he had less going forward. Yeah. IMDb is not giving me the stats I want. So Man. I'm going on Wikipedia. Come on, Wikipedia. Less reliable, but Come on, baby. probably part there. Yeah. Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back was made for $22 million. That is an absurd amount of money for that movie they had a monkey uh, dogma know? was 10 okay you got got it there yeah, yeah. mall rats was 2 million okay oh i'm sorry 6 million 6 million it made 2 million oh, oh fuck. That's yeah chasing amy was two hundred fifty thousand dollars. and it shows i love it <laughs> yeah uh he got 5 million for clerks 2 oh what about jersey and- girl N.A. <laughs> uh, you know I fucking love Jersey Girl. I what know, I know. Okay. But, uh, his, his filmography is kind of weird on here. I think that can be considered his most mainstream film, Jersey Girl. Jer- oh, shit. Jersey Girl. $35 million. Yeah. That was that J-Lo money right there. Yeah. Oh, he got $24 million for Zack and Miri Make a Porno. Which is surprising. Cop Out. Cop Out. That had to be... Oh, wow. Cop Out was $30 million. Cop Out 
I don't think he that's not like 100% him though. Like he just directed it. No, it's not 100% him. Yeah, you, no, correct. Um he was he was just the director for Cop mm-hmm. Out, but I was just curious because it had obviously huge actors in it. Would it been would it have been his highest? So it looks like Jersey Girl was his highest budget. Yeah, yeah. But I think also that was just his most mainstream. Zack and Miri gets forgotten so much in the Kevin Smith and conversation. And I honestly really like that movie. I do too. But, you know, it's kind of hard to just like recommend it to everybody. <laughs> no, it's not for everyone. I don't I never recommend that movie. I right. I, I don't think I've ever recommended it. I've made references to it and I've had like one person ever understand it. Mm. Like but yeah, I I liked it. That's a physical copy I own cuz I know that's not really going to be streaming anywhere yeah no it's not for everyone no it's not it also i also think it it got you know hurt by they had a lot of controversy over the ads and stuff like that there was a lot of bullshit involved with that so and it's funny too because it's it's relatively tame compared to other seth rogan stuff and other kevin smith stuff yeah even with the subject matter yeah, it's it just, I mean, I think it's a great title, too, though. Like, it, it's a good movie. I it liked is. it. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's uh, that's a recommendation for this week. Go and check that out. You know, just not around your kids or your parents. Yeah. Either way, it's going to be weird. Yeah, that's yeah. weird. <laughs> All right. Um, the big news that came out of today, uh, this was kind of like right before we recorded. I don't know if okay. you saw this. Uh, Grand Theft Auto online slash grand theft auto 5 is getting an actual story expansion they have a story it has a story i've never played it no me neither i I played five i take it back i dabbled in it when i first got five and that was what 20 fucking 17 when that came out or something oh it's further back than that man that was last gen or Two, that was two, two gens ago. ago. Yeah. So on PlayStation, um, on PlayStation three, when I first played it, and oh they, no, um, Matt, you're gonna hate this. Oh. What year did you say? I said 2017. 2013. Holy Matt. shit. Yeah. So Matt, that's that game is is almost nine years old. That's crazy. And it's it's being re released again, or it has been re released. I don't know, but. I know that game is almost old enough for me to donate a shitty toy to it. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, this game that just won't die uh, because they're trying to monetize successfully, I I imagine, since it's been out for that long. uh, The online mode has been doing gangbusters. Um, Yeah, I dabbled around with it when it was first out, when I first finished the story, because I'm like, well, let me go check this out. I like Grand Theft Auto. Let's see how they do their online. And it's as chaotic, or at least it was when I played it, it's as chaotic as you would think it would be. You steal a car, somebody steals that car from you. You spawn at a point when you're trying to start a new game, somebody's there to whoop your ass and take all your stuff. It was just like thief on thief on thief action. There was no moment for peace, but apparently now you can own real estate and stuff like that, and you know you have garages, and there are actual stories, and there's more music. So, speaking of that, this expansion apparently is going to bring back Franklin and make him a music mogul working with the the one and only Dr. Dre. Okay. Yeah. 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 
so that works because of course uh you know that that uh compton sound has been a big part of grand theft auto uh since um san andreas you know they've they've had yeah that music just weave throughout uh nwa and snoop dogg and dr Dre and all of them so it's kind of cool that they're doing something like this the trailer looks amazing it's got anderson pack in it as well i don't know how he fits into the story but i don't know how this is going to be um uh implemented because you know in the game in the main storyline you play as franklin so i would imagine that in the online mode your created character is going to help franklin and you know possibly help dr dre uh you know kill people that's what you do in Grand oh Theft Auto. man i you had the opportunity right there to say forget and then you just you didn't do it what i do what forget about dre oh it was right there you right it's always Dre no, Day so that's, in my that's, heart. <laughs> that's interesting. I'll have to watch the trailer for it. I saw it's in the notes. But yeah. now I have not been paying. I saw Halo's out, I guess. Yeah, that, that popped up uh, on my Xbox on as Game I was Pass? watching TV. Yeah. It's on Game Pass. Yeah, that, that new Halo Infinite story mode is on Game Pass. I mean, that's a big deal. That is. Yeah. I know a lot of people were waiting on that, so... If you're if you're down with that, check that out. There's also this weird thing that popped up on my Xbox home screen, and I wanted to talk to you about this. So, obviously, we're very excited about the upcoming Matrix Resurrection. Uh, yeah. Movie. Oh shit! When does that come out? That's coming December 22nd. What? On, uh, on theaters and HBO Max. Yeah. That's fucking two weeks from now. It's bonkers. It's crazy. Holy we're getting shit. Matrix and Spider-Man in like within a week of each other. It's Is it Lana that that directed this one? Yeah, Lana Wachowski. Yeah. yeah. Yep. 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 So that's happening. She but... was her Oscar. Ooh, girl, get it. <laughs> the reason why I bring it up is because on the home screen there's something called the Matrix Resurrection Unreal Five Experience. Now, Unreal Five is an engine, or Unreal is an engine uh, that has gone through many iterations that video games run on, uh, from small games to huge games. <laughs> Basically, yeah. everything uses Unreal, uh, in case you're unaware. So, Unreal 5... Which is weird, because it's not real, but... It's Unreal. But it uses it. Uh-huh. Anyway. Yes. So, the, the new hotness. Hi, Unreal I'm 5. your dad. <laughs> Go to bed. It's coming out. It's happening. And there's a short trailer featuring Keanu Reeves, uh, you know, telling us to expect the unexpected uh, and advertising this experience on Xbox. However... It's not Keanu Reeves. It's a it's a Keanu Reeves created in Unreal Five, and it hits that uncanny valley part of your brain. It's Ew, so weird. No. Yeah. no, 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 I don't like that. Have to see it. But right now, when you go into this experience, because I downloaded it, and I'm thinking, man, I didn't know this was gonna be up now. You know, I thought this would have something to do with the upcoming video game awards that are are, are, are happening soon. And sure enough, I downloaded it. It gave me some cool intro with the Matrix test, you know, text raining down and everything. And then it goes to a countdown clock. And the countdown clock, as of yesterday, was at two days and change. Oh, no. I'm looking at a GIF of it. Yeah. Oh, I don't like this. It's weird, right? Like, yeah, if I didn't tell you someone... it wasn't him, you may not have known. You might have just glanced at it and go, oh, yeah, that's just Kiana. But no. It is not. I mean, I'm looking at like a, a screenshot of it and you zoom in and it I think it does kind of look animated like 
to a degree, but man, that's difficult. It's a tricky one. Like, really, if yeah. you're not looking too tough, you're like, oh, all right. Just, you know, that's Keanu. Anyway, um, more on so that So what as all do develops. you do in this? Nothing yet. I mean, right now it's just a countdown clock. So we're going to see. Oh. Yeah. But the Wachowskis well, have to always... just build websites for that. Like, they would have websites just, you know, <laughs> yeah. for promotion countdown. But they're all about the tie-in stuff. The Wachowskis have always been big on... Not only having the movie, but having the multiplayer game, and then having the uh, the standalone releases that they had, the one with uh, Nairobi and the yeah. one with uh, with, with uh, Neo Path and Neo. Yeah, um, they're nerds. Yeah, those are all canon. Everything that happened in those games count towards the story. So I'm oh, very curious okay. to see uh, what aspects of that come into play. Well, that trailer looked good, it did. and I didn't like the sequels, and I never got into the outside lore. Um, I watched the first one. I thought it, I thought it was good. I have to say it did take time for that first. Like I had to revisit that first one as an adult because it's so confusing. Oh yeah. And deep. Um, and as a kid, you you know parts of it were really fun and interesting, but you don't really understand it. Like yeah. I didn't understand what the fuck was going on with that movie. So I'm very curious to see what happens with this new one that hit me just at the right age where i was willing to oh, like yeah, suspend imagine. disbelief i think it was like 99 so i had it just graduated 99. from high school that's the year yeah the year of film good shit yeah man so oh yeah you read that book you were telling me about that a long time ago that book was so good well it was it wasn't that long well it was 2019 because mm. it, it was like the 20th anniversary type of thing of like this year in film yeah and it's i think it's like a best movie year ever or something best film year ever or something like that so good it. yeah it's still it's still here i still have a copy of it i didn't get rid of it sometimes i usually sell books if i don't super love them after or if i'm just like eh, whatever but i'm like i loved that book that's a good way to be i mean because yeah i mean i'm sitting on so many books that i just kind of like glance at and it's like nah i just bought a i think it's going to be a similar book and it's about stand-up comedy and stuff because i watched that late night mm-hmm um, documentary that you recommended to me and it was so good oh, and I'm I glad just you liked it. yeah and I just didn't want to not be in that universe basically yeah <laughs> <laughs> so I, I I like ended up ordering a book about yeah. like the history of stand-up comedy that's cool we can talk about that a little bit now I'm glad that you watched it I'm glad you enjoyed it but so it, good the Joan Rivers it, portion was fantastic yeah and I will say that that made me dislike Jay Leno yeah, all more. over again. <laughs> like I, I actually didn't really have that bad of a view of Jay Leno. I will say I always viewed it as the executives mm. and yeah. I don't know. He just came across as an asshole. He did. I mean, I was always on team Conan. So of course, yeah, I was just kind of like jaded already people. towards Leno, you know? Yeah. Agreed. Like I got to a certain point where it was like, after the whole, like, OJ stuff, not that it turned me off, but it was like, okay, it's kind of like, his 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 freshness kind of just went away after that. Like, all right, he's just kind of coasting along now. But Conan, Conan's still legitimately funny. I'll stay up and watch his monologue, and then I'll go to sleep or whatever, you know? Right. Um, And that's, I was just T. Conan after that. But yeah, the whole, everything that he did 
everything that he basically orchestrated with that whole uh, handing over the show thing was just so, so disrespectful to everybody. And then Jimmy Fallon's in the background, which I always forget about. Everyone always forgets about. Right. I think probably good for him. But he's just like, guys, keep your head down. And he even says that in the document. He's like, keep your head down. Keep mm-hmm. your head down. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it's that was that was wild. Um, there was stuff I didn't know in there, and then there was stuff that just like they expanded upon. So that was so good. Yeah. I'm not surprised though. As soon as I, <clears throat> as soon as I started it, I saw it was a CNN documentary, and they did the like the comedians or whatever. They did another comedy one, yeah. and I think it's on HBO, and that one was really good too. I remember that they had one episode that was like solely focused on uh, the, the women of stand up or yeah. something like that. Yeah, that was really they, good. They just do amazing documentary series like that. I'm I'm obsessed with those. So, yeah, yeah. and that was right up my alley. Great <laughs> recommendation. I appreciate it. One of the funniest moments was um, Conan just sitting on uh, on uh, <laughs> David Letterman's couch. And they're yeah. just silent, just and, looking at and each And, like, other. Letterman's just like, I don't know. What do we say? I don't know. What do we do? What do we do right now? <laughs> he did it again, that son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He and then talking about, like, the, I'm, I'm glad they addressed, like, Jon Stewart and everything, too, because I just that's a whole other aspect of late night that sometimes people forget about when they yeah. think about network late night. So, mm. yeah. I mean, it's always good to hear from Trevor Noah. I like Trevor Noah, but I just, I'm not, I can't get with the Daily Show with him as the host. Like, Yeah, I don't think he's a good host of the Daily Show. Yeah. I will say that. I, I don't, I still don't think he's a good host of the Daily Show. I think he should be a correspondent, if anything, on that. And I, I like him. I do like him. Yeah. I feel like they set him up to fail from jump. I mean, I love Jon Stewart as well, but I feel like, the the decision to make him the head of that show was hastily done. Um, I don't know if that's his forte. That's what that's one that's one thing that I appreciate about Michael Che. Michael Che was on the Daily Show, realized that he didn't fit, and got the hell out of there. He was on the Daily Show. Yeah, for like maybe two months. Huh. I, was, I don't remember that at all. I was watching religiously back in the day. And, yeah, Michael Che was a correspondent for a couple of months, and then he got hired away to go do SNL as a, as a writer. Okay, yeah, that, that's good. Yeah, you have to know if you fit in there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think SNL is the same way. There have been people that have been, like, dropped from SNL, and they've been like, oh, it's fucking terrible. And then a while later, they're like, yeah, I just wasn't a good fit for it. Yeah, and I think it was around the same time that Wyatt Cenac had his semi-public falling out with the show. And uh, went off and did his own thing as well, you know? Yeah. Like, did you ever hear about that? How he butted heads with uh, with Stewart? No. What happened with that? So, you know, when they're writing the show and everything, everybody's kicking ideas around. And he felt like he really wasn't being heard, especially about issues that involved uh, black issues, black topics, you know? Um, where he was trying to inform John that, hey, you know... This is funny, but it's also punching down, and it's also going to come across as bitter. Don't do this. And he felt like he was always being waved off. And so... Yeah, that's that's rough. Yeah, and so he quit the show. And it kind of got out a little bit. I think maybe he tweeted a, a few things about it. Um, and they kind of put a little bit of a, a closer focus on the creation process of what they did at The Daily Show. 
Then, of course, on the last episode uh, of The Daily Show with Jon Stewart as the host, Wyatt Cenac came back and they kind of had an uncomfortable conversation jokingly, uh, you know, kind of acting like uh, he was a kid that left home and he was trying to come back or something like that. You know, they moved on. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Now, I, I guess I probably was aware of that at the time, but I've just forgotten since. Yeah, I guess I was a little obsessed with that show. <laughs> I watched I watched quite a bit of it. Um and I, you know, I I remember moments on that show for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh but yeah, there were there were also times where like I would DVR it because I'd go to bed or whatever and like I'd forget to catch up on it and then I end up deleting episodes and not watching all of it, so oh, yeah. you know, situations like that. Back when DVR was finite. Yes, yes. Yeah, yes. yeah. I gotta make space. <laughs> I gotta get my Smallville games. on here or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> Why do you have so many episodes of Designing Women tape? Oh my <laughs> god! <laughs> Take some of these off. <laughs> I can't. It's my stories. My stories. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that some of those older DVRs had like terabyte hard drives in there before they were like available to to consumers to well i purchase. mean it's all media so yeah you would kind of have to wouldn't right. you right yeah 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 you can't just have like some fucking sd cards in there <laughs> oh That's boy wild. shoot hold on one sec i know matt usually talks when he walks away from the microphone but we're not doing that you have to sit in the silence and deal with it. This is your moment to confront your demons. Matt, don't cut any of this. It's not fun, is it? Being in this silence. All right, Bimo's acting like he had to go outside. He's fine. Bimo, <laughs> we're so close to the end. I know. <laughs> That's basically all the notes we had. Oh, Game yeah. Pass recommendation: Skatebird. The fuck? You're a bird on a skateboard. Yeah, that sounds all right. Yeah, it's fine. That's it. End that, of story. That's okay. it. You know, after Deer of uh, fucking Simulator. <laughs> It's just, there's not much more I can say. <laughs> Skatebird. <laughs> Skatebird. It's cute. It's adorable. You can put different hats and different clothes on the bird. This dude looks rad. <laughs> this one actually intrigues me more than the other one. Really? Is it fun like Tony Hawk? Yeah, but it's a little bit um, simplistic with the controls. Yeah. You know, as, as a Tony a Hawk game. pro skater. Uh, I don't know if this is going to hold your attention for too long, but it's a, it's a fun little diversion. Oh, my God. Is that why they called it Bird? Because Tony Hawk? <laughs> Maybe. He's the Birdman. Birdman. Yeah. Anyway, I have no recommendations, people. Get more sleep, I guess. Well, you talked about to, Halo. I need to start working out again, but, yeah, I haven't played Halo. Oh, never mind. Uh, yeah. No, I got the, I got the Assassin's Creed... 
Viking game, but I barely touched it. I, I played it for like five minutes and then I had to put it down and go to work. So I'm still forcing myself to play Grand Theft Auto San Andreas because it's on Game Pass and I love that game and I'm trying to get through it. But man. Yeah, I'm not touching it. If they go back and do patches and people say it's good to go back, then I will, but I'm not going to fuck up my previous gaming experience with it by doing that. Yeah. I also don't like the idea of playing it on Xbox controller. That mm. just sounds wrong. That makes sense. So we get San Andreas over on the uh, the Game Pass side of things, but for those that have PlayStation Now, mm-hmm. you get GTA 3. Well, that's fucking weird. And nobody gets Vice City. You gotta buy the whole collection to get Vice City. Well, they know that's the one that most people want. Yeah. Isn't that the one that most people are obsessed with? Like, we're we're more of the outsiders for liking San Andreas the most? I feel like it's a 50-50. Like, nobody really reminisces about 3 as much, but Vice City and yeah. San Andreas seem to have the largest fan bases. Yes, absolutely. I yeah. agree. Um, 3 was the first one that I played. Mm-hmm. But I don't think about it as much as I do San Andreas. And then Vice City was just okay to me. Vice City was a bit much to me. I felt like it was kind of a half step, which is, I mean, fair because it was between (laughs) three and San Andreas. Yeah, San Andreas was was my favorite. I was like, oh, you can do so much cool shit in this, too. (laughs) Like, look, you can make him skinny or fat or muscular or whatever. Like, I don't know. It was just, it was cool. They did patch it, so depending on, like, how skinny or swole you are, you walk differently, like you did in the mm. original version. So nice. That's back. That's um, cool. What's funny though is I don't see many people like nostalgic for Grand Theft Auto 4. Like I don't hear anybody talk about that. I think they forget it exists. Probably. Probably I don't because I never just... played it. Really? Oh, okay. No. It's I played it. It's fine. <laughs> I think you answered your own question there, bud. It felt like they were trying to redo Grand Theft Auto 3, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's... Wasn't it like Italian mobster type of shit? You were like a, a, a Slavic man uh, who yeah. was new to the country, and you had a history <laughs> of violence, and you're trying to get away from all that, but you know how these things go. They pull you back in. They pull you back in. Yeah. Yeah. And then five was like, all right, here's a whole lot of new shit. <laughs> yeah. Five and five is obviously one of the best ones too because it's just there's so much you can do. Right. And having three characters you switch between is was just like an ingenious thing. It was so cool at the time, where it's just like, all right, let's go check on Franklin, and it's just like zooms out and zooms back in. It's like, oh, that's so. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That that blew my mind. Yeah. But. Here we are, nine years later. Jesus. <laughs> Skatebird, check it out. All right, folks, thank you so much for listening. We have a um, a Patreon that you can come and check out. Mm-hmm. Man, let me tell you. So a couple cool things for our patrons this month. We have a special thank you going out in the mail for the holidays that our patrons will have exclusively. No one else in the world gets this. So, of course, if you are one of our fine patrons, please go in there and make sure that your address is up to date so we can get this to you as just a little token of our appreciation. The second thing is um, (laughs) this is silly. So in the Discord channel, uh, I recently uh, posted a little bit of behind the scenes reading 
of a story that I did for Uncanny Magazine uh, because the the uh, the version that made it to the show is edited a little bit uh, to sound like a phone call. I'll, I'll just that's all I'll say about it. Okay. But um, the the actual audio you can hear it more cleanly in the behind the scenes footage, and you get to hear me practice and warm up for that and that sort of thing. If you're into that sort of thing, we have a lot of fun over in the Discord. So check it out. That Discord is always fun, y'all. It's always hopping. Although one day I got off of work and it was like 60 messages and I was like, what the fuck? It, like, it was like Troy walking with the pizza and everything's on fire. And I'm like, what did you guys do? See, I love it because it's like, oh, man, everybody's having a good time without us. And it's still like good times and cheer and spirits. You were, you were interacting with this one, though. Oh, and okay. I was just like, I came in and I was like, oh, no, I need to actually in- get involved with this. And I had to start <laughs> replying to people like three hours later or whatever. <laughs> Oh, the beauty of the chat. Gotta love it. Yeah, so, it's great. Everyone's yep. cool. Everyone's cool. So check that out. Um, you know, maybe a little bit of maybe a little Christmas present to yourself if you if you so desire. Mm-hmm. Uh, follow us on the social media at Lex and Matt across the board. Of course, make sure to subscribe to the show. We're on all your favorite podcatchers. Um, if you do subscribe through iTunes, make sure to leave us a nice, pleasant, lovely review. We appreciate it. We we love to hear from you. Yeah. Steal your family's phones during the holidays. Subscribe. Give us a good review. Five stars. That's right. Um, violate their privacy in that way. You don't need to look at anything else in there, but, you know, make them unlock it or guess their passcode. I don't look, I don't know how you're going to do it. I don't want to ask questions. I just want you to do it. I just want you to get it done. I don't care how you do it. No questions asked. Your mission. Just get it done. If you choose to accept it. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Except you don't have a choice. So. <laughs> well, once again, folks, thank you there for There is listening. no free will here. No. There is just Lex just. telling you to do it. <laughs> Thanks for listening, folks. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. As always, I'm Matt Peters. And I'm Lex Lutz. Be excellent to each other. You done? (laughs) (laughs) I was trying not to laugh, but it's too (laughs) good.